0: Minnesota Wild lose to the Pittsburgh Penguins 6-4 tonight, and we will recap all the action on tonight's Locked on Wild Postcast. You are Locked on Wild Postcast, part of Locked on Sports Minnesota, your team every day. Minnesota Wild lose six to four to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Welcome into another locked on Wild postcast. Seth Topal joined by Kevin Gorg and Kevin. Another frustrating one tonight because the issue over the last several games has been the offense with just eight goals through six games. You get three with a late fourth tonight, and uh, that wasn't the problem. There were other, there were plenty of other things that led to uh, the loss here this evening.
1: Yeah, extremely frustrating loss and about as down as I've seen the group after the game. I kind of post up right by the locker room door waiting for my post-game interview and you usually get a pretty good feel for how the team is doing and and I think they're struggling for answers right now. I think they're fighting their confidence a little bit. Uh, The good news is it's November and there's many, many hockey games left, but it just doesn't feel right right now and the schedule doesn't get any easier with Carolina coming to town in two days.
0: We saw Philip Gustafson get the uh, the start after Marc-Andre Fleury was put on injured reserve. And uh, that's a tough situation for this team right now. And Gustafson going to be the guy until Fleury is able to come back. And uh, that first goal especially, there was another one as well. You put those into that category of of shots that your goalie needs to stop. And for a team that has been fighting it as much as they have offensively, it's just so tough to give up those types of goals.
1: I'll be honest, Seth, I didn't see that coming. You know, I've been watching Gustafson kind of find his game. We had a great conversation after practice yesterday. I've talked to the goaltending coach, Freddie Shabbat, and some of the adjustments he made with his game you know, the only thing I can point to, and you're right, there, there were two pucks that went in tonight that just absolutely cannot go in on an NHL goalie, and he knows that. I mean, we're not breaking any news here, but I think it's a little different when, you know, you're just asked to be the backup guy and play every 6, 7, 8, 10, 12 days, and Mark andre Fleury's there to carry the heavy, the heavy mail When the starter gets hurt and it's kind of unknown when he's going to be back and you're thrust into this situation against Sidney Crosby and the Penguins, I'm certain there were some some jitters there. Let's not forget this kid's yet to play 40 games in the National Hockey League. He's a young kid. Uh, He's shown some real promise here through a a big stretch of this season. But, you know, certainly tonight was one of those games, from a goaltender's perspective, that, that he's going to feel bad about. And now we're going to find out if he can bounce back just like
0: the team. We saw the wild be able to, uh, to rally from an 002 deficit with a couple of goals from the, uh, the line of Brandon Duhame, Joel Erikssonak, and Marcus Foligno. two goals in 12 seconds, which is great. Uh, that line was fantastic tonight, and you know, this team has been looking for that element to their game, that physicality. And so with Jordan Greenway out of the lineup, Brandon Duhame comes in and he fills that role perfectly.
1: Yeah, you hit the nail on the head because this team had been relying way too much on Matt Zuccarello and, and Kirill Kaprizov. And good teams in this league can shut down one line. And so to get some secondary scoring, finally, and to see how well Duhame fit together on that line, um, big, big boost for Minnesota moving forward. I think, you know, there are some positives to take out of this game. But at the top of the list is you found another line that can do some damage. They're they're responsible in their own end. They're physical, and Duhame fits that mold nicely. And the other part of this that, that probably gets overlooked a little bit because of Duhame's play tonight, and he was awesome, is Jordan Greenway's getting closer. He practiced yesterday full bore. I'm talking to the coaches, maybe not Saturday, but maybe sometime next week around those two games uh, that sandwich Thanksgiving. So, you know, the Wild they are going to try to get back to full health. We don't know how long Fleury will be out, but uh, there are some positives to take away from this game, no question.
0: Uh, the Wild penalty kill, which had been – outstanding uh, over the the last several games, uh, just I I think encountered a team that was just kind of on the brink of breaking out. And the stat during the broadcast that I thought was fascinating is just how good Sidney Crosby is after games in which he goes minus four, which is such a rarity for him. You're talking about one of the best in the business, and he just has that knack of being able to respond in a big way uh, when he kind of gets, uh, gets shown up there on the ice.
1: Well, this is his 17th year of playing, and it's happened nine times. And so that tells you how infrequently that Crosby goes, you know, into that type of category. He was unbelievable tonight. I mean, it was vintage Sidney Crosby. And you mentioned the penalty kill. It's a little different when you're killing a penalty that features Crosby, Malkin, and Letang. And I thought a real turning point in this hockey game. And, I, and again, total accident. Mason Shaw has been nothing but good and I mean really good for this hockey team since he got the call-up, and he will be here for the balance of the season. But, you know, got a little careless trying to bat a puck out of the air. Wasn't even trying to do any damage to anybody, but hit one of the Penguins in their helmet, and now it's a a five-on-three situation, and now Sidney Crosby can make those type of plays, and that really let the air out of the balloon because the Wild had clawed their way back into this thing. The crowd was jumping. There was some energy finally, and that kind of put the Penguins back in control.
0: Um, The... uh... The other couple of things that uh, that happened in this one, you know, we're we haven't seen the empty net magic yet for this team. And, you know, it was a common occurrence last year for this team to be a couple of goals behind and be able to uh, to pull one out of their hat and come away with the win when it's expected they're not going to. And that's been another thing that just it has not happened at the same level uh, that it did last year.
1: No, it was always going to be hard to duplicate, you know, when you, you know, was 10 or 11 times they pulled the goalie late, scored a goal or two, and forced overtime or a shootout and one. It's just not something you can duplicate, but there's been no magic. And that's the shocking thing to me is this team hasn't found any late game magic to tie a game up to pull the goalie. Um, and a lot of these games too, I mean, you, know, you look at the game in Nashville, they had plenty of chances. You know, You're going to go through stretches in an 82-game schedule for a week or two where things just are not going your way, whether it's injuries, bounces, or a combo thereof. They're going through that stretch. And the one thing I like about this group, when I look at the veteran leadership in that room, I interviewed Jules Erickson after the game. I think of Marcus Foligno and Matt Dumba and Jared Spurgeon and Jonas Brodine. They've always been able to get themselves out of very adverse situations. There's never been any panic to this team. And that's what you have to rely on right now because you do have a few more younger sets of eyes in that room right now. You've got the doers. You've got the Shaw's you've got Beckman up right now with the big club. So it's important for these guys. I think tomorrow at practice to set the right tone to remind their teammates that it's going to take hard work and dedication and some belief too, because I think a lot of times in situations like this, you start to lose your confidence and you stop believing that you're a good team. They have to convince themselves that they are a good team.
0: Minnesota Wild fall tonight by a score of 6-4. to four. We have plenty more to discuss on our postcast tonight. We'll talk about the uh, message that Dean Evason had after the game of the team just playing angry and seeing if that can be something that ignites them. We'll talk about what's upcoming. And uh, we will talk about Mason Shaw as well as we continue our Locked on Wild postcast after this. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info plus stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer to esports, they've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. So head over to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at BetOnline, where the game starts. Continuing our Locked on Wild postcast, Minnesota Wild fall by a score of 6-4. to four. Seth Topol joined by Kevin Gorg. Kevin, I don't think we've had a chance to talk about uh, Mason Shaw getting the opportunity to uh, stick with the big league club. So uh, I, I love what he's brought to the lineup and just has been a really easy-to-root-for player without even going into his backstory of how he got to the NHL. He just He seems like he has a knack to do all those little winning things that you look for in players when you're building a team.
1: Yeah, I've been around a lot of players and a lot of teams, and there are very few that have had the respect and the admiration of their teammates and coaching staff much more than this kid. He's a smaller kid by stature. He's had multiple situations with injury where his career was threatened to be over. And, you know, he's been kind of stuck in the minors in an organization that's had a ton of skilled players up front on the forward roster and he just won't quit. He won't go away. And to finally get not only a chance to get called up this year after a great training camp, but to earn a spot on the team looking forward for the balance of the year and be able to change from a kind of an obscure number to the number 15, which means he's likely here for a long time. Uh, that's a huge thing for him and his family. And he gets choked up talking about it. And I asked Dean Evason, uh two days ago about Mason Shaw and that honor that he got to switch numbers and kind of be told he'll be sticking around. And he said, "Well, some guys, you worry that they're going to get comfortable. And he said, with that guy, I never have to worry. I've never seen him take a shift off in a practice or a game. And he said, he's a smaller player like I was. And Dean said, when you're a smaller player, you learn to play with a chip on your shoulder. And he said, that's what we love about Mason Shaw. And he's been consistently good, Seth. Like this guy brings energy. It doesn't matter where you put him in the lineup, every situation he's out there. And I think that kind of is something you need. You need role players that work hard to set the tone every night, because you're going to play 82. You're going to be tired. You're going to be in back-to-back situations going through your struggles. Guy like that is a breath of fresh air.
0: Minnesota Wild will welcome the Carolina Hurricanes on Saturday, and the Hurricanes thoroughly outplayed the Colorado Avalanche and ended up losing in that game. So they are going to be coming in with a full head of steam to uh, take on a minute, this Minnesota Wild club. And um, you know we we talked about the start of the homestand with Pittsburgh. It just does not get any easier from there.
1: No, you've got a homestand that featured Crosby tonight, Carolina on Saturday. You got Toronto coming in. Winnipeg's red hot. They'll be here on this trip. So there's no room for error. Carolina outshot Colorado 48 to 15 tonight and lost in overtime. So they're going to be a cranky bunch. They're maybe the fastest team uh, front to back in the league. And, and I look back at that Ranger game and I know the wild weren't playing at all like themselves that first week of the season, but remember how the Rangers looked in downtown St. Paul, it was a blur of blue. Well, it's going to be a blur of red and white on Saturday, and Minnesota's going to have to amp their game up. No one's going to feel sorry for you. They're not going to take the wild lightly because Minnesota beat them last year. And so I think it's going to start with goaltending. I'll be very curious. I assume that they're going to come back to Philip Gustafson, but don't sleep on Zane McIntyre. He's been good in Iowa. He's played NHL games before, played at North Dakota. He's a 30 year old kind of journeyman goaltender. Um, so. That'll be one of the questions that comes up to Dean Everson tomorrow at practice. And uh, no matter who's in goal, they're going to need a big performance. That much I can guarantee you.
0: Uh, Final one before we uh, wrap it up. I got to ask about the reverse retros. We saw them on the ice. They look amazing. And just a little bit of a tweak going from predominantly yellow to predominantly green this year. I love them.
1: Yeah, they're phenomenal. I grew up a North Star fan. I'm 55 years old for folks watching out there. So I was at Met Center in 1978, as an 11-year-old kid. And when Bobby Smith was a rookie and won the Calder Trophy, he was a star in this town. And the, two years later, they were making a run at the Stanley Cup. So, I mean, it was awesome to see how they did that. They paid tribute to the North Stars. You had guys tonight from that team like, like Neil Broughton and Timmy Young doing the Let's Play Hockey. And then one small little detail on that jersey that might have got overlooked by a lot of hockey fans, at the crest in front where my necktie is, is the NHL logo from 1978 with the old orange and black unlike the new one that's silver kind of metallic and black and so they had every little detail down it looked just like the North Star sweater minus the N and I mean it was spectacular it really is a great throwback sweater
0: well uh, looking forward to seeing those uh, more often here this year and looking forward to the Wild getting things back on track their next chance to do so is Saturday against the Carolina Hurricanes that will wrap it up for tonight's Lockdown Wild postcast, Kevin. As always, we appreciate the time. Thank you for uh, hopping on to join us, listeners. Make sure you follow along with Lockdown Wild so that you don't miss out on any Minnesota Wild news or notes throughout the week. We've got you covered with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Sports podcast network.